and welcome to Beyond the Properties, the podcast that brings amazing stories of the people within the vacation property space. No matter whether it's hosts, photographers, content creators, if they've got a good story, they'll be on the podcast. Beyond the Properties is brought to you by Direct Vacation Bookings, the solution that allows you to take direct bookings quickly and easily. Not only will we create an amazing direct booking website for you, but also maintain it so you can do what you do best, hosting. Sign up at directvacationbookings.com to find out more. And with that said, I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and let's get into another amazing episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. And today I'm excited because I have Leslie from Soul to Soul House. Leslie, how's it going? It's going great, Jared. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I think I just told you I just moved to New York, so I'm uh, I'm getting used to the whole New York vibe and stuff like that. And Christmas is coming, so it's probably one of the best best places to be in the world if you want Christmas spirit. Yes, it's the so. best place to be around Christmas, definitely. Yes. A lot of lights. But for anyone who doesn't doesn't know you or your property, like how how would you explain it? Like. Uh, yeah, who who's Leslie and how did you end up with this beautiful property? Oh my gosh. Um, well, so I've been going to the desert for like probably t- over 20 years. Um, I had friends who, so the desert used to be, um, but and when I say the desert, I mean the high desert. So like the Joshua Tree, Pioneer Town, Yucca Valley area. It was, wasn't really on the map. I think Joshua Tree National Park only even opened in the late 80s. And I would have to check that. But um, so it wasn't like a destination or anything, especially with Palm Springs. Most people go to Palm Springs, Palm Desert. Um, the high desert is very different from the low desert. We call that the low desert. The high desert is the Joshua Tree area. But I had some friends. I used to work in the film business and I had a friend who... He and his partner bought um, a house out there for $29,000 on five acres, just off of Pioneer Town Road, this little, this little road called Acacia. And he was a great chef and he used to have these amazing dinner parties and we would go up. And I just remember I was always just so like blown away and kind of maybe even a little just like disturbed by the darkness. Like it was so dark like you couldn't see your hand you know in front of you like that dark and you would go outside and the stars were just you know unbelievable you could see the Milky Way it's like I I was like the last time I saw the Milky Way I think I lived on Long Island when I was a kid you know and so and the silence like you just there's there's no sound there was no cars there was nothing so it's almost like you're in space you're in this like void that doesn't seem to be in any way anchored to anything that can give it context um it's not like any city it's not like any small town it's not like anything else in nature it's not the ocean it's not the beach it's not forest it's the desert and i've been to a number of deserts and i I find that, you know, they have different personalities for sure. Like, um, I, the, the high desert is very, um, confronting almost in some ways. Like it's really challenging. Like it, 
you realize things about yourself in that silence, in that darkness, right? Oh, that's my dog. Um, that you don't have the headspace for in like a city with all the distractions, with like the busyness of your life. And when you get into that space and that void, it's things happen. Like, you know, you just connect to something more universal, more cosmic, more, um, there's no, there's no escaping yourself is like what I say in that environment. So I've been going up there for years and then, you know, life, kids, divorce. (laughs) And I was, I had, um, writer's block. I'm, I'm a writer. I had writer's block for the first time and I hadn't been up to the desert in like five years. And I was just in a really like kind of dark night of the soul place. And one morning I woke up and like this voice was just like, you have to go to Joshua tree. And I was like, oh, I haven't been up to the desert in forever. Put a note on my wall that said, go to Joshua tree. And every single morning for like two weeks, I would look at it and I was like, oh, not today. And then one morning I, just threw some stuff in a bag and got in my car. And once I hit Pioneer Town Road up to my old friend's house, I don't, I don't know how to explain. Like it was like, I just knew that I was supposed to be there and called my friends who I also hadn't seen in like five years. And I was like, Hey, I'm in the desert. Can I come over? Um, and he, my friend had become a real estate agent up there. So I literally like the next day went out with him looking at houses and I was like, I think I'm supposed to be here. Like, I think I can write here. And I looked at this one house and I was literally going to write an offer on it. And I was like, I don't even like the house though. Like, but I just like, I'm so like, want to be here. And I had built a house in Los Angeles and it was published and a lot of people knew about it. And my friend Paul was like, why don't you just, build a house. And I was like, Oh my God, I'll do that. He's like, there's so much land up here. Right. I mean, so much land. And so within a couple of weeks, I went up and I saw the property that I ended up building soul to soul on. And it was just one of those things. The moment I set foot on it, it was just like, all my angels were like, this is the place. Don't even think about it. Don't like overthink it. Just sign the paperwork and we'll take care of everything. And it really was um, kind of that, like, magical. Like, I ended up, I I signed the paperwork. I bought the property. And I had talked to some architects. Like, I talked to the the project manager who project managed the house that I built in Los Angeles. I talked to the architects that built my house in L.A. And I was also at the same time researching prefabs because I love what's going on in the prefab market and, you know, like Kodo cabins, but they're in England. And like, you know, I found all these like amazing prefab companies, but they weren't in Los Angeles. And then I don't, I don't, I think I was on dwell online and there was like this little tiny ad for cover, um, which was this small startup um, prefab company in LA They had only built one ADU. They were only building ADUs. And I reached out to them and found out that they were in Gardena, which is like 20 minutes from my house. And I went in and I met 
Jemwell, who is one of the co-founders. And it was just like, everything just clicked. Like I, I felt completely comfortable. I loved their vision. I loved how smart they were. And then Alexis is the other co-founder. You know, they're like, well, we're not building outside of LA. Our whole thing is that we're doing ADUs in, you know, Los Angeles. And I was like, just come up and see the property. <laughs> just come up and see the land. So Alexis, who's so funny, he's such a character. I mean, Jamal and Alexis are both amazing humans. Um, he took an Uber up to the desert from LA and showed up with his drone and got out of the car. And he said, I think we're going to build you a house. And I was like, I thought so. And that was it. Um, we started with designs, um, that went very fast. And then they actually still had to build some of the machines that actually made the prefab structures, like the panels and stuff. So there was a little bit of waiting with that. And then, and then we were breaking ground and the land got graded and excavated. And I went up with my, um, very good friend, Makani, who's from Hawaii. So very much about the earth and, and we did a land blessing and asked permission to build there. And there's this giant rock on the property that we call whale rock. Cause it looks like a whale kind of breaching. And there is a family of hawks that lives in that whale rock. And she was playing the crystal bowls and we were doing this whole land ceremony and the hawks came out and circled overhead, which I took to mean, okay, you can build here. And, you know, my promise back was that I was the steward of the land and I would take care of it. And that's the deal we've had. And it's worked out beautifully. So. Okay. So it was, a, it was an interesting story. I've had a few people who are like that, where like, they're not really sure why they ended up where they were going to. There was just something that was telling them. One of our first yeah. episodes was like that. And it was just like, they just had a feeling like I need to have this property and build this here and there was no yeah. real reason it worked out amazing so it's interesting a lot more people have that than than i would have thought for sure yeah it's i mean i think i think we're always being called you know one way or another you know we have an intuition you know a guidance system if you believe in you have a soul i do so yeah i think we're here to do things i think we're here with a certain path and building soul to soul is definitely a part of that path. Yeah. Okay. So. And then, so I, I have so many different ways I want to go, but we'll go in one direction first. How did you end up with the actual idea for the type? Cause I know you worked with, um, with your architects and your builders to build it, but what was, because your property is quite, quite interesting. Like it's a lot of, like it's very square. It has a lot of reflections. It kind of looks very like it's within the desert, but it's very like it blends in very well. Was that kind of intentional? Like what was the thinking about the whole building process? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think there's some people who would say it doesn't blend in. <laughs> um, I mean, there's definitely people who, you know, aren't, fans of the modern, you know, aesthetic, which is fine. Um, I think it works in such a, a in, indefinable way. Um, just the, 
the it's kind of like wild design in the high desert, right? It's like there shouldn't really be anything there. So for there to be something there, it, um, I don't know, like I, working with cover, you know, and creating the designs, you know, it was like there was a, I think there was about five or six designs that came up. And then when this one came up, we just knew that that, that was it. We're like, this is it. And I had, I knew where I wanted the house to be built. I wanted it to be built in that exact location because there's a view down Valley to the Sawtooth Mountains, which was, was really captivating. And then, you know, set back in the boulders. So my property goes across the street. So it's like, I'm three miles down a dirt road, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's like a dirt road that divides my property. And there was like little homestead cabin on the property um, that was kind of falling down kind of almost. And I just had it cleaned up and we use it for storage. But um, at one time I was going to build on the other side of the property. Um, but it just, it doesn't want anything more. Like the land kind of tells you a little bit what it wants, you know? Mm. And a friend of mine designed this beautiful house for it. He's an architect. And I mean, I love the design and I, you know, might build it someplace else, but yeah, it's the house is on 10 acres. I originally bought five and then the five acres behind me, um, I got this little handwritten letter like two, maybe three years ago from this woman who she and her husband had bought it like 40 years prior. And like, you would never be able to build on it because it's like behind my lot. So it's like literally just all boulders. And so like the land next to mine, the five acres next to mine is government property. And then there's my land. So you would have to have an easement to go back to it. But you would, I mean, you could conceivably build on it um anything is possible depending on how much money you have right but like it would be impossible to build on it um so she was like do you want to buy my my property I'm kind of like she was like tidying up her life affairs her husband had passed away she was much older she was never going to do anything with the land and I was like yeah of course um so I bought that five acres which made it ten and again, like the whole idea of like building across the street kind of became like, like it would be so fun to have another, like, just cause I love architecture. I love building, but again, it just, it's, it's just supposed to be sold a soul house and that's it. So yeah. Yeah. any future building will, will be elsewhere on another plot of land. So. Okay. Well, 10 is 10 acres is a lot. Like what do you, cause obviously you have the property, but like, that's just space that anyone who comes to stay can just go around and yeah. see different things. Yeah. I mean, hiking up and over the back of the property, you drop into, I, we call it the garden of Eden. It's like, you feel like you go through a portal and like, I'm, I don't know how many humans have ever actually been back there. Um, cause it just goes forever. You yeah. know, it's, um, there still isn't a lot up there. And a lot of the land up there is government land. Okay. So it's owned by the government and it'll never be sold. 
Um, so it kind of feels like, you know, it's a lot more than 10 even because you could just walk forever, it feels like. so. Have you been looking to take direct bookings but don't know how or where to get started? Well, look no further than Direct Vacation Bookings, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct bookings. We create beautiful direct booking websites that have all the features you need to make taking bookings quick and easy. Want to allow guests to check availability and book directly through you? We got that. Want to be able to have automated calendar syncing so you don't have to worry about double bookings? We got that as well. Want to be able to sell additional services at checkout so you can make more money and upsell your guests? Of course. And the best thing about it is not only will we create the website for you, but we'll help you maintain it too. So you can do what you do best, hosting. To get a demo, contact us at directvacationbookings.com or alternatively, you can drop us a DM on Instagram at directvacationbookings and set up a demo today. And going to the, the time where you were creating it, how, how was that process? Because you, you're working with a company that helped you, you build it. Did that mean that the process was very smooth and you know easy? Right. Well, so they built it. I mean, I didn't have any part of the building process okay. um, other than being there, probably in their way a couple of times, <laughs> asking too many questions. But um, yeah, I mean, it was relatively smooth. It was it took longer than um, was I was told it would take. Um, but again, I was working with a startup. They were just kind of like getting going really they weren't fully established um and that was never a concern for me because I Gemwell and Alexis were both just so smart um and thorough um and I just had the like again I, I, I just like this intuition this gut instinct I've always gone on my gut when it comes to really big decisions yeah and I knew they were everything they said they were, which isn't always the case when you meet people, but, and they've gone on, Cover's gone on to be fantastically successful. So they're, you know, they're now building houses in LA also, and they've, you know, they're, I think they're expanding. I'm not really sure of their full expansion, but they, um, they got a, they got a great, um, they have a great business it's a great model and the houses are really beautiful yeah and no, for sure. a great team an amazing team so so yeah the the building process was like from the time we started grading to like the actual house i think it was like it was like seven or eight months okay. the actual build was like three months maybe there was like some snow delays there was um but yeah it was it was a very fast process which was also one of the things that appealed to me about prefab in general i didn't want to do you know the year and a half two years to build a house with you know the permitting and then the build and and there was i mean i probably would have thought differently if there wasn't so many um great prefab companies and so much innovation in it and so much beautiful design in terms of like companies making prefabs now it's just come so far that it was exciting to be part of that whole movement 
Okay. And was from the start, was the plan always to have it as obviously your property, but also to share it with other people? Or was that something that came yeah. along? Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like it was, Airbnb was just kind of ramping up back then, you know, it was still, I mean, it wasn't new, new, but it was still, still relatively new, but I loved the concept. I loved the idea. I'd stayed in an Airbnb, like up in Santa Barbara, I'd been, I'd stayed in a couple and I thought it was super cool. And it just made sense because I wasn't, you know, I have two kids. I wasn't going to be up there all the time. Um, and it's a fantastic way to supplement your income. You know, and then I, it's, you know, it took on a life of its own once, you know, it opened, it, you know, got a ton of publicity, it got a lot of press and people were just really excited about it. And I just have been blessed with like the most amazing people who've stayed there. And it's like, it's like a very mutual love. Like I love my guests. It's been I've met some of the most amazing people and yeah, it's, it's fun. Okay. And to, to roll back a little bit, cause I was wondering this, when the house was completely done, what was your first, your first feeling? Like, was it everything that you expected it? Was there anything that surprised you when you finally went in there and everything was kind of done? I always wonder what that moment is like when you finally walk into a house and it's right. finished and how you feel about it. Right. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, designing a house, like, I like being part of that process, having done it in Los Angeles. Um, and then, you know, again, up in the desert, I think, um, I mean, it's always, you know, a super exciting moment to like walk into it when it's done. It's just super exciting, you know? Yeah. That's all I can say. And I'm, I, I would prefer always to design my own houses, not okay. me, but like to collaborate with an architect design firm, because I think there's something um, in the feel of the house, just even when it's like a conscious design, as opposed to a house that's just built, you know, to be sold. Yeah. There's a different um, it has a different soul. It has a different energy. There's a different, um, intention in building it. Like it's for somebody it's so, yeah. And then that moment when you walk in, it's just, yeah, it's super exciting. It's so fun. You're like, Oh my gosh, it's done. Yeah. And what about the decorating? Was that, was that you as well? Or did you get an interior design? That was me. Yeah. I mean, I love, again, like I love design. I love, um, I, you know, decorated my own house in LA. I have been blessed with, you know, knowing, um, all my friends are into design and, you know, architecture. And so it's kind of like a common language. Um, and yeah, the house in the desert, particularly, I was really excited to, to, to furnish and design. It was a lot of fun and it was, um, using some pieces from my own world, using some pieces from up in the desert, like kind of like a mix of, 
you know, design that I personally like, and then, you know, drawing on the design of the desert, you know, so using, you know, commissioning, I commissioned two different local artists for paintings in the house, you know, buying, you know, the rugs from this beautiful man in, um, he and his wife have a shop in Palm Springs called Suki Modern. and they have the most amazing rugs you know, so making it a collaboration between like my own personal, you know, favorites and then, you know, really wanting to support the local community as well and furnishing the house. And it was just fun. It's a great shop up there called Acme 5 that got a lot of stuff from. Just super fun. Okay, nice. And then, so... The place is done. It's decorated. It's ready for Airbnb. Do you remember what ha- like when you got that first guest? What that experience was like? Because I guess it must be really interesting sharing that with that that first person. The first person who comes in gets to see the space you, know, you created. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember my first guest. Oh my god, that's terrible. Um, I don't remember. I remember. We opened, right, in like the end of October, and then COVID happened in March. Yep. yep. So um, it was, and we were shut down for a little bit, and then we were allowed to reopen, and I don't think there was a day open for like a year. It's just yeah. everybody wanted to get out of the city. You know, everyone wanted to be out of LA, not wearing a mask, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, 10 acres or in the desert, you know, secluded sounded really good to everybody. And so, yeah, we got a ton of bookings and um, and the desert just became it's just every year has become more and more popular. I think it's like, you know, kind of watching the desert change. But there's. There's a lot of community up there and there's a lot of new community. There's new restaurants opening, new shops opening all the time. Um, And it's just, it's a really fun place to spend time. Yeah. I, yeah, it sounds like a, I think we spoke about this briefly before we started the podcast. It, it, well, I'm originally from London, so it's very different to that. But even Europe, I can't think of anywhere. I've obviously haven't been to the everywhere in Europe, but it seems very different. And even within the US, like there's something very unique about it. I've seen a lot of places yeah. around there. And I think what you said is interesting because it's quite close to LA. And I have no doubt, especially during COVID, a lot of people wanted to get out of the city because there was no real reason to be there because it was, you know, so you had to be inside or there were restrictions. Whereas, you know, I can imagine being out and having 10 acres would just be absolutely amazing, especially being after being in house for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And just being able to be outside, um, go climb the rocks. And it was, um, we, I used it as much as I could during that time. It was really nice. So. Okay. Okay, nice. And then it seems like, so it seems like you haven't really had to do much marketing of it because it kind of marketed itself. Like you said, immediately, as soon as you opened it, you had press coming through, which I guess helped bring people in. Yeah. Uh, you won yeah. an award for the 
what was it the the best uh, Airbnb in the state of California a few years ago? Yeah, Condé Nast Traveler did that. The oh, it's the fifty the best Airbnb in every state. Yeah. So for California, yeah, okay. it was very surprising, very exciting, super fun. Um, marketing. Uh, the Instagram, which looks beautiful, what? by the way. You have the Instagram, which looks beautiful. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I love Instagram. So that's been fun. I do. I do like Instagram and the house is very photogenic. So it's a good, you know, it's a, it's a good tool for soul to soul house. Marketing. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think marketing an Airbnb comes down to just having great photos. So having... And having, you know, honestly, probably the right influencers stay at the house for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And something going viral. So like Mir stayed at the house. He's a big kind of luxury um, travel influencer. And he stayed at the house and he did a post with 10 pictures, I think. And that just went viral. It just got picked up by everybody. So it's not intentional marketing, you know, it's kind of more, you know, lightning in a bottle. You don't know when it's going to, when it, who's going to, who's going to pick it up, but when it gets picked up and it goes viral like that, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, your following grows, the, you know, awareness grows, but also everyone needs content. So you end up, you know, on everybody's list, you know, um, which is great marketing. And I'm still sometimes discovering, you know, like, oh, wow, we're in this article or, you know, we're in that article, you know, like, because you don't, they don't always tell you, you know, that, you know, you're going to win these distinctions. You just end up on these lists. Again, I think it's, there's any marketing that I do, it's having amazing photographers stay at the house, Um, an amazing, you know, travel influencers, although I shy away from those a little bit because I think great photography speaks for itself. Okay. And how did you Um, pick out kind of who you, who you worked with? Are there distinct people who've come to you and you've been like, is there a distinct style that you kind of have for the place? (laughs) Well, so like, so Minty, so like uh, Minty, he has the account, this Minty moment. It's this beautiful architectural photographer. And I'd followed him for a long time. And like, I just reached out to him. You know, I was like, do you want to come stay at the house? Can we? Um, and that's actually the only time I've actually paid a photographer to come take photographs of a house other than the initial, you know, house being photographed um, for, you know, Airbnb, you know, to have, you know, cache of photos for, you know, to show, showcase the house. But, um, and then like people like Manolo Longus, who is a big architectural photographer as well. He had actually booked the house. He and his wife, um, had stayed there and I saw some of his posts and then I realized who he was. And I was like, anytime you guys want to come back, you know, stay on me, you know, happy to comp you to stay, you know, in exchange for photos. So it's usually more like that, you know, and then anybody whose work I appreciate, you know, just reaching out to them and being like, most people want to come stay at the, in, in the desert. So it's not a hard sell, you know, I'm not trying to lure them to Dayton, Ohio or something, nothing against Dayton, Ohio, but like, it's just, it's, 
it's a place that most people want to see. So like if anything, it's, I'm always turning influencers down because I get a lot of requests and. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I would have thought that you would because yeah. the place you have, I've seen the pictures. It, it looks like the kind of place where I feel like a lot of people would at least want to go there just to even see it. Like, yeah, I'll put some pictures in, in the, in the podcast, but, um, it is such an interesting, that's why I say like it kind of fits in perfectly because it's a place which like all it's glass all the way around. Right. So you can literally see outside the whole time. Is that, that's correct. Right. Well, so the front, the, the front facing of the house, um, like, so like the driveway, um, out to the street and, you know, there's nobody that drives on that street except a couple of my neighbors, but, um, there's no windows on the front side, but the like on the back side and the view out, you know, the Sawtooth Mountains, that's all glass. Okay. That so it's very private. So like we've had, you know, quite a few celebrities stay there and stuff. And it's, they like the privacy. Like there's, you can't see anything from the front and everything is, is basically oriented to the back of the house and then down valley to the Sawtooth Mountains. So no, it looks beautiful. I I will put add some pictures to the the, the podcast because you have to come stay. You'll reach out to me when you when you get to this coast, and we'll send you up. The plan is to come over to. I've never been to the west coast before. It's always been on my list. I've gone to the east coast so many times. It's on my list. Next year is the year. I am even if I have to walk there, I will make it to Do not the west walk coast. Here, but yes, let's get you here <laughs> for sure. And then I'm interested because what you've built this place and you were talking about possibly building something somewhere else. Like yeah. what's, what's the plan for the, the future or what, what do you envision? Cause it sounds like you really enjoy making these, these types of houses. I enjoy building. Yeah. I enjoy, I love working with architects. I love, um, it's just so exciting to watch a house go up. It's yeah. so exciting to go from, you know, paper drawings to, actually building um yeah there's um i'm not really gonna talk about what's next um because okay. it's not fully decided okay um but people can follow the instagram account and when there's news we'll definitely announce and yeah i've been very um i mean there's a lot of building still going on up in the desert i'm I don't want to be part of like a mass building at all. Like uh, it's for me, it's very much about the land and I've definitely looked at a lot of land was not um, actively like pursuing, like building the next thing. Cause I'm super happy with what I have and I like being content. Like yeah. I'm just grateful for what I have, but there was a piece of land that I did, you know, set foot on and had that, you know, magical like, thing happened so we'll see we'll see i mean it would be a really big project so okay. I'm, i haven't quite wrapped my head around it yet but all right well we need to follow the instagram then to stay to stay <laughs> tuned and I, I had one more thing i wanted to ask you about because i'm actually super interested what your opinion is on this how would you describe like say say i've never seen the property before like how how do you normally describe it to people when you 
when you when you meet random people and they ask you about it like what would what would you say about it mm. that's a good question um I use the word otherworldly for sure. I use the word mystical because there is a lot of mysticism about the desert in general. Yeah. Right. But um, I feel like my land, there's like I was, I think you and I were talking earlier, maybe before you press record, just about um the land seems to speak to certain people. Like as I was saying to you, like I, it, the the house takes care of who it invites. Like it seems to, you know, reach out to whoever's supposed to come stay there. And people have experiences there. Um, they just, that aren't the, the typical experience. I think it's, you know, A, it's the desert, it's the darkness, it's the stars, it's the Milky Way, it's having an experience with the universe almost that you don't get to really have a lot of places because there aren't a lot of dark night skies anymore because, you know, there's only certain places where we can even see the stars anymore. I mean, I can see like three stars in LA when I go outside at night. Um, there's so how do I describe it you know it's just I mean in its most basic sense just modern architecture in the wild desert you know it's um very clean um some might even say austere you know looking house that somehow works you know in that the where it's sited on the land how it's sited and I always say it's more about the land than the house. Okay. Okay. Like the house is great, but it's really where you're being invited is to the desert. And that's a whole experience in and of itself. Yeah. And you have to experience it to understand it. It's kind of like trying to explain like what it's like to be pregnant to someone, you know, you you have to experience it. (laughs) I did get the feeling, the feeling of that. When, whenever I look at places in Joshua tree, I kind of feel like, the pictures portray something, but I don't fully understand it. And I only will once I go there because it just seems, especially coming from London as well, it seems sometimes a bit diff- difficult to comprehend that there's something like that on this yeah. planet. Cause I'm just not used to it's it. It's like, like you said, it's like Mars, right? Like it is, it's like, it's like landing on the moon. It's like, it's, it's a, just a very different, like, landscape it's a very different feeling it's a very it ha- it's just very unique and yes it's hard yes. to describe the unique yeah so. no for sure one last question um yes. is there a particular experience it could either be you on the property or an experience you've had with a guest that really kind of stands out to you something that really spoke to you about the place i remember you saying that you brought friends up and they there's been times where they've just cried because of how how beautiful it is there yeah um i think i mean it's it would be hard to pick just one one thing but i will i will say i think probably the mystical experiences that people have that that i myself have had um, that are just between you 
your soul and the land and the spirit that is there are probably my favorite, you know, stories. They're my favorite experiences. Um, I would just say it's like a very cosmic, a very cosmic energy, (laughs) like where you feel like you're a part of something so much bigger than, you know, this very small life that we all, you know, we're in the day to day, right? The mundane, you know, so much of our life is kind of weighed down in that mundane, like, you know, we have responsibilities, we have schedules, we have this. And then to have an experience where you feel like you're part of the Milky Way and you feel like there's an energy that's very loving and supportive and you can feel that and you feel like you can merge with a rock, right? You can lie on a rock and have it speak to you. There's a tree on the property that I send, like the people who really like get it, like I'll send them up to this one tree that's grown in this like crack, like it's the seed, the trunk grew up in this crack and this just massive rock and it like persevered, right? To, to grow into this massive tree, but it grew up between this, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's the most magical tree. Like you can have conversations with this tree and like, I don't know. How do you like, do I sound crazy? Like, those are those are my favorite experiences, you know, and people who tell me they have those experiences or that they had a coyote speaking to them, you know, that's, you know, it's just, and it makes them so happy. It's kind of like when you go to the beach and you see a whale, right? You feel special or like when a baby, you know, acknowledges you and like looks you in the eye, like there are these moments that are so pure and so not part of the usual day that I would say that's my favorite part about sharing soul to soul is when people have those experiences. Nice. Well, I think that's a, a perfect point to, to end on. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the best place or best way for people to find you, to follow you, to get in contact with you? Um, well, soul to soul house.com is the website and there's, you, know, you can always email me from there. There's the Instagram account. Everything is soul to soul house. Um, it's on Airbnb, VRBO, Boutique Homes, Plum Guide. So there's multiple platforms. Um, and hopefully soon to be doing direct bookings from the website with you. Yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> and then, you know, my personal Instagram is LA Longworth you know um and then i think that's everything yeah and you can always email me at soul to soul house at gmail.com or hello at soul to soul house.com okay perfect well thank you for sharing this it was a beautiful story and yeah it sounds it sounds like an amazing place so no i really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing the story thank you for having me it was so fun and then you and I will stay in touch. So when you get out here, I can send you up to the house. 100%. 